You are tuned in to the Paris Passages podcast. Thank you so much for letting my show be a part of your podcast library. Now here is your hostess with the most mess, Samantha Parrish. Hello and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here for this very special episode because this is going to be talking about my book in Glorious Inc. And I do that often in my show because Inglorious Inc. is a book that I'm very proud of, but it's also a book that, I will admit, had a lot of problems. When I became an author in the very beginning of the pandemic, I didn't really get to give Inglorious Inc. the chance that it deserved, but even before the pandemic, there was something that I didn't do for the book, and that was giving the proper introduction to let people know the book was coming out. I just kind of surprised everyone, just went, here you go, here's a book, and no one knew that. I'm sure it surprised a lot of people, but I didn't get to preview the cover and let people know this was going on, and there's so much that I've learned in the last two years as an author. There are many people that I credit for how I have been developing myself as an author, and I will be making those credits throughout the duration of this episode. But there's something that I've been thinking about in this process leading up to the release of the redux of my first book, and that's being comfortable with having to redo things. There's a uh, movie I want to mention. This is a very obscure movie. I doubt any of you know this one, but it's called Maurice. It's a British period piece drama about two dudes that want to be together, but you know what that time was back then. That wasn't going to fly. But with the way that story was created... It turns out the author of that book had to re-release his book. He looked at his book, knew he could do better, knew he could put something else in there, probably had to be told some stuff to take out or to redo, and remade it into a better story, and that is the story that became presented in the film. When I thought about that, it made me feel better in this whole process that I've been doing with Inglorious Inc., when I first made the book, I didn't take a fine-tooth comb. I didn't really examine my book and think, do I have the plot exactly the way I want it? I have talked numerous times on the show about many plot points of my book. But there were times throughout the two years from 2020 until now in 2022 that I continued to add on to the book. Every single time I had an idea about something that could have fixed the plot, I put it in there. I gave myself the comfort thinking, well, you know, it's my book. I'm going to do what I want to do. But at the same time, that was a very risky move because then people are going to be reading a very different book. So they're not going to be getting the updated plot points. So every time I did that, I basically was kicking myself in the ass. It was like that commercial with uh, the one guy that made a machine to physically kick himself in the ass. That That is basically me. And 
It wasn't until recently when a dear friend of mine named Emily had pointed out to me about the whole process of the redux, and she had to ask me, how many more times are you going to be redoing the book and putting everything in there? And she made a very excellent point that I really do need to make sure that everything is there for plot points, for edits, for everything. She's one of the people that I credit for keeping me calm, cool, and collected. She's my Jiminy Cricket, basically, but I didn't turn into a donkey at the end, which is great. She's great. She kept me from being a jackass. <laughs> oh, goodness. That was great. <laughs> I will admit another point in the way Inglorious Inc. was before the Redux was the cover. The cover is near and dear to my heart, and I know many of you uh, might not be familiar with my book, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you what the cover looks like. Um, it has a bunch of Polaroid pictures on it. It was... Um, I really rushed it. I wanted something that could be able to encapsulate on what people are going to be in for, and I wanted to think about the simplicity that I could give something vague. So I took a picture of my grandpa's tools, put it on there. I went down to the local tattoo shop and took a picture of the tattoo guns. And then I also took a picture of some cigarette boxes that I had. And then I also took a picture of some gauze that had some blood on it after I had an anxiety attack. That sounds super weird, but you know, artists are all weird because there's no, there's no such thing as normal. There never has been. With all of that mentioned about the cover, and if you have it pulled up, it's very obvious that it's a very simple cover, but it's not a professional cover. It's still very near and dear to my heart because I remember going through the motions of creating this cover, and it's still special to me. And if there's one thing I've had to remind myself in this whole process of the redux of getting the new cover is to treat the old cover the same way I'm treating the new cover, that it's both very special to me. I've had to really remember my roots of how Inglorious Inc. began, that even though it's getting a fresh new start, it's getting plot points that are very appropriate for its storyline, that everything makes sense. It's getting a good polishment, good editing from my wonderful friend Dylan Cologne and a wonderful edit from my friend Ace. I still had to remember the girl that wrote this book that didn't see all of those plot errors and didn't see all of the editing mistakes that happened knowing that she was just having a good time and that she would eventually learn many things in time. When you become an author and you go through the process of having your story redone in a better professional way, you also have to think about its beginnings. And it's been quite a journey in the whole redux process of remembering how everything began and then seeing how everything is going to be changing for the future of Inglorious Inc. All of this is just on the timeline. I can't forget those things, and I'm excited for the future of what Inglorious Inc. is going to be, knowing it's going to be having a better feel to it. And 
let me tell you that everything that has been working on for this book, it really is every sense in the word professional. I didn't have that in the beginning because I rushed the whole process. There's one more thing that I'm going to talk about before I begin talking about the new look of Inglorious Inc. I wasn't in a good mindset when I published Inglorious Inc. I I feel like I had to prove things. I was very unsatisfied and I rushed things just so I could prove to certain people in my life that I can do things. I'm not useless. I I can do things. The writing was on the wall for years for my future to just be married and have kids. That's it. There was no talk about my career, despite the fact that I had mentioned about how I've been getting into writing and that I want to publish my story. And some people knew that and were supportive and some people knew that and didn't want to believe that I could be capable of doing that. And it wasn't the proper way to do it, to go about this, to treat Inglorious Inc., to treat my book as a way to basically say fuck you to many of those certain people that doubted me when I needed to work on myself and be comfortable with being Samantha Parrish and to not care what people think about me and know that I know the truth about myself and that's what matters. Once I was okay with myself and getting my mental health straightened up, and it was it was a rough two years that I went through, and I'm in a better place, and it feels good knowing I get to give my book the proper send-off. It's getting a better cover. It's been fixed. I've had to take the time to learn how to be an author. I took the time to understand what I did wrong with many parts of my book in terms of editing, that I can carry that with me as an author. It was a tough part of the journey, and as I'm recording this episode and looking at my book and knowing everything's going to be okay for the book series, and how excited I am for what's going to happen... And that's where the second part of this episode comes in, is talking about how Inglorious Inc. has been rejuvenated. And it's been it's been given the glam treatment. If you ever watch those movies when you see the girl get the makeover, that's basically what happened to Inglorious Inc. It, it got, like, a good trimming. It got a fresh new haircut. It got a fresh new look. It feels good about itself. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a funny way to have to say it. But we all have our way of explaining things. I'm going to start off with the cover. As much as I talked about how I loved the cover and it will forever have a special place in my heart, I'm absolutely in love with the process of how it worked out with the new cover for the book. I kept it pretty vague for the first cover to make sure that something gave the vibe that it's gritty, it's edgy, it's something mysterious. And I gave a lot of images and words to an artist named Mitch Green, who is the cover artist for my book. When I got the images back, I was just speechless, which is funny because of all the times I'm able to say something, it was the first time I was at a loss of words. 
I can't give away all of the images because I'd rather you see it for yourself, but I can tell you that there is <clears throat> a picture of a pair of handcuffs, there's a picture of a bandaged hand, and there is a picture of a grill with money on it. And the rest of the images on the front cover and the back cover, it is up to the reader to find out what in the world does that image represent for parts of the plot. It's like Blue's Clues, except darker. The cover perfectly encapsulates what the reader is going to be in for in Inglorious Sync. There's something to be said about the audience and giving them the opportunity to be able to find out things for themselves. And I'm looking forward to how the audience is, is going to put things together from the cover and how it fits into the story. And now talking about the story itself, I love the way Inglorious Inc. is a very gritty, dark humor story, but I really had to up the ante. When I was rereading my book, there were some parts I felt like it could have gone a little bit deeper, darker. I wanted to really define the fact this is a dark humor book, and there are many heavy themes in this book. One of the many themes that I put in there is assumption. I said before that Inglorious Inc. is a book where you have characters that don't care about their actions, that they're going to do what they want to do, but at the same time, when you make these certain actions, what is the other person going to think about your actions? And that strangely does go hand in hand by having characters that don't care about their outcomes, but what about the other person that sees that outcome? How are they going to interpret that? How is that truth going to be defined? The truth is interpreted in many different ways, and the process for all of these characters having to explain their truth, knowing there's a 50-50 chance that they're not going to be believed, it's a tough thing that everyone goes through every single day. That became one of my main things I learned about in the last two years was coming to terms with that. A lot of lessons that I've learned in the last two years, I poured into this book. Well, I shouldn't say pour, more like sprinkle. But I will say a lot of my life lessons went into this book, and it is going to make it an experience for a lot of people that will relate to many of the things that is a tough slice of life or something that they've waited to see be encapsulated on in a way to explain to someone else. There is themes of assumption, narcissism, family problems, depression, anxiety. That's just a handful of many of the topics and themes that are going to be in Inglorious Inc., the biggest change that I've had to do to the book is having my first book split up into three parts. It's a concept I'm still wrapping my head around, and I can only describe this as Kill Bill. Kill Bill has volume one and volume two, but Quentin Tarantino still says Kill Bill is one whole movie and still counts it as one whole movie even though it's kind of hard to stomach a nine-hour movie. 
And I mentioned that reference because of what I had to learn in the Redux process was all of the plot points that went into this book and many of the revisions that went into the process. I learned from my friend Dylan that a first book from an author has to be taken into consideration for what the audience can digest in a page content. And my first initial release of Inglorious Inc. went from 374 pages and it bumped up to 450 pages. A lot went in. And I'm still going to keep it the same way, but with that mentioned, that that is something I had to think about for the fact that uh, that's a lot for someone to digest and that really did hurt me as an author. I never realized that it's my pride and joy and I love it so much, but for someone to take a chance on my book and having to invest into a story that has so many pages, I... I had to bite the bullet, and I understand that. So, one night, when I was working on chapter 7, I looked at my page count, and it was at 224 pages. And I remember when my friend Dylan and I were discussing about where the cutoff would be, I said that 300 would be my maximum cutoff point because of where I could find a part in Inglorious Inc. that would be a great cliffhanger to lead into the next part. I messaged Dylan one night and I said, I thought about what you mentioned and I am going to split the first part of Inglorious Inc. into three different books and I'll call it American Dream Scheme Part 1, Part 2, and Part 3. So the book that's being released this Friday is Inglorious Inc., American Dream Scheme Part 1. As much as it's weird to look at my book and know it's being split into three, it is also a fun feeling that I'm going to be getting three books out of one. That's going to be more content out there and people can be able to pick and choose where they want to read the story. Similarly to how we watch a television show and we pick and choose what season we want to watch. I've really gotten a bigger perspective on the whole audience perspective after talking to Dylan and it's a, the biggest lesson I never got. And I'm glad to know this in the whole redux process for how the cover has been changed to acclimate to an audience, but it's also a cover that I like and that I can be proud of. And the way the plot has continued to be polished and presented for an audience, but it also has my stamp of approval knowing there's no more having to go through the manuscript and having to just sprinkle in more plot points and knowing it's going to be a different damn book every single time, that it's officially done. And it feels better knowing that it's going to be covering the first, let's see, percentage-wise. I would say... 30% of the book, <laughs> which is a lot having to say my first book that I created and only 30% is being sampled out to be a different book. It just shows you how big of a series this truly was. Also back onto my points, knowing that Inglorious Inc. is getting what it never got before. 
it it's something very special to me and as much as I tried to do everything on my own I couldn't I needed help I had to drop the whole strong facade and raise my arm and wait for help from my friends that graciously took the time to help me learn how to be a better author to let me know what their thoughts were about that to let me know what they would love to see and I got a lot of good creative criticism and then I also got some praises that I shouldn't be as hard as myself as I originally was it's been a big process in how I've become an author in the past two years and knowing that this is still truly the beginning there's a lot that I've learned as an author but there's still more to go I've mentioned in this episode about how it's okay to rewrite your book, how it's okay to look at your book and know that if it's going to be going through a redux change, don't forget its roots. And I've learned that it's all right to have to take the time to make sure that it's perfect, that it's exactly the way it needs to be and to not let anyone have to make me feel a different way. There's a lot that you learn about yourself. I can definitely say being an author was one of those surefire ways that I got that moment to have to learn more about myself. Now I can officially say at the end of this episode, the release date for Inglorious Inc. American Dream Scheme Part 1 is going to be released on July 8th, this Friday. I'm so excited for the release. I have been making TikToks about the book. I've been posting on Instagram about that. If you would like to see any of the videos and the posts, you can find me at The Mystical Space Witch for both my Instagram and my TikTok. If you would also like to see my... There's also an Instagram account that is specifically for my book work, you can also find me at Paris Passages. I'm excited for what the future holds for Inglorious Inc. And I'm excited to share what the future holds for Inglorious Inc. With the release of Part 1, I will also be doing a follow-up episode in preparation for when Part 2 comes out, which makes me excited knowing I get to make these releases and express what's been going on and given the recaps it, it really makes this podcast show really put an emphasis on the word show <laughs> which is fantastic and I'm grateful for this journey and I'm excited for what's going to happen so with that mentioned check out Inglorious Inc. American Dream Scheme Part 1 on Friday let me know your thoughts about what you think about the book. I would love to hear all about that. Anything that helps me as an author and also how someone enjoys a story. I love this book for all these characters, for what it means to me, but it's, it'll be interesting to know what that book will do for someone else. I hope it does something for you like it did for me. So, ending on that sappy note, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Before I close out, I have to give my thanks to the appropriate people. I would like to say thank you to the author, Dylan Cologne, who has been a major help with my path as an author. He's basically my Miyagi sensei, and I am just the karate kid, but I'm just the author kid in, in this sense of the reference. <laughs> 
Thank you, Dylan, for everything that you've done. You can check him out at dylanwriteshorror.com, and he wrote a book called This House is Broken. Check it out. It's nightmare fuel. It's psychological madness, and you'll love every single page of it. The next important person that I'm about to announce has been a part of the Inglorious Inc. team since 2018, and his name is Rob Holmes, but his show name is Ace. Ace is what he goes by for all of his social media outlets and the way that he presents himself up on stage. Ace is a spoken word poet. He does some amazing work and poetry, and he has helped me in the beginning stages for Inglorious Inc. when it was first published back in 2020. So he's he's a major part of the history for the book, and he's one of the most important people in my life. He has been very supportive. He's always given me positive vibes and kept me going, and he's one of the most important people in my life that has changed me when I began my process for being a writer, that if it wasn't for him, honestly, I probably would not be here. I'm serious when I say that. So please check out my friend Ace. He has a lot of books published on Amazon, and I will link his socials in the description box. And there's a couple more people that I want to talk about. I promise it won't take too long, like one of those Oscar speeches when they take too long. Another special thanks that I need to give is to my friend Emily. I mentioned her earlier in the episode as my Jiminy Cricket, and I mean that in every sense of the term. I wish I was joking, but without this woman, I probably would have lost my sanity. She's made sure to keep me balanced and to keep me in check. She's been one of the major cheerleaders for the book and has always been asking questions for what's going to go happen with the sequel to Inglorious Inc., what's going to happen with the current Inglorious Inc. She's always asked about how the process is, is going, and it means so much to me between her and many other friends that have consistently been wondering about what's going on, and it's it's still new to me to have people interested in what I'm doing, because I usually kept to myself thinking that no one cared, and all that changed when her and many other people like her came into my life. So thank you, Emily, for what you've done for me. I appreciate you so much. And I'm going to cry soon, so I better better make this fast. I also got to give a special thanks to Becca and Tamara, who are also my best friends that have been major contributors to Inglorious Inc. and bought the book and have wondered about the process and have done everything in their power to continue to support me and it means so much to me to have all these people that I mentioned in my life for what they've done. So thank all of you that are listening to this episode for what you've done for me. And thank you to the listeners out there that listened to this entire episode. I appreciate you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day and I hope you have a wonderful summer. Check out Inglorious Inc. and I will be back with another episode. Thank you so much and stay awesome. Bye-bye.